guess. So uh, anyway, uh, how are you? Let's talk about uh, movies. Let's let's talk because I'm, I'm going to stop talking about work. We're talking about movies. Do you remember my hey, dad you, joke? You live that lifestyle of surround yourself with, with people you want to be around. Get that negativity out of there. You swipe. You swipe left on that negativity. Swipe get it out of there. Real. Get it out of there. I don't want that stuff. Are you a person being mean to you at work? Get it out of there. Get out. Yeah. That's a that's a quick swipe left right there. Now you I'm know, you go to the you, you go to the store and a guy behind the counter says something. You know what? I'll take my business elsewhere. Swipe left. Goodbye. Swipe left. Yeah, exactly. Then you go, you know, to uh, online. You go to the movie guys. Then you swipe it right because it's just nothing but compliments and good graces here. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Two years in the making. Uh, my wife and I go get her popcorn. We sit down in the theater, and she looks at me, and she goes, do you know that you told me about this movie two years ago? And I was like, oh, my God. Two years, the hype. We were the only ones there not wearing pink. We're talking about Barbie, Eric. How the hell are you doing? I thought you would at least greet me with a hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Sorry. Hi, Ken. <laughs> God. It's, I love it. Yeah, I, yeah. If you were not wearing pink, then you're standing out, right? So yeah, no, where's your pink? Uh, uh, 2006 Lean Back Fat Joe. Um, (laughs) I did the lean back, everybody. So yeah, Barbie, right? I mean, I told you about this two years ago. I was like, dude, they're making Barbie, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. I remember your reaction too. You were like, that makes sense. Like it's, it seemed like everything kind of made sense. And I was excited for this to, to come out. I wasn't expecting this much of a hype. This has become really, I don't know if it's just, my limited exposure where I'm clicking on the wrong things that are all Barbie related, if it's all mainstream or it doesn't seem that way, uh, given by the box office totals that it seems to have global appeal. Young and old. We show up in my small local theater, people in their eighties. I'm not exaggerating. Tweens, young children, like my daughter's age and people like, like our age. Like, I mean, my theater was mixed. I asked the manager, I told the story a thousand times about the manager and I are buddies. I said, is everybody here to see Oppenheimer? He's like, no, man, Barbie. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? So, yeah, I mean, like this, this thing is huge. And I think the casting has something to do with it. Um, Absolutely. The original, I mean, like the original pick was Gaga. I don't think Gaga could have pulled off this. Yeah, I, I feel, is it my bad to say that Gaga's a little short? How, how short is Lady Gaga? How tall is She's Lady not, Gaga? Well, she's not tall enough, but it's movie magic, Eric. They could make her tall. But now Margot Robbie is perfect in this role, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Margot Robbie's better fit for Barbie than Gaga. So, question Five about Margot. Real, real quick. Question. I thought about this with Margot. Can you name any other actor, actress um, that you know off the top of your head that you could say, "Oh my God, was born to play that role"? Multiple different roles. Margot Robbie would be Harley Quinn, regardless of what you think about Birds of Prey when she was casted originally as Harley Quinn. She was great. And now she was casted as Barbie, and she is what she is in this movie. We haven't just decided. You know what I mean? So, like, 
have you ever had any other actor or actress in your life that's gone, wow, that person more than once? Because, I mean, oh, what's next I, for her? I mean, absolutely. There are actors who do such a good job in a role that they will forever be typecasted in that role, whether it be because they do such a good job of that character or because that character is so unique and original that it just leaves a, a mark, but right? Twice, like, though, but like Napoleon Dynamite or something like that. Sure, but that guy's done anything that's memorable twice. She's done it twice. Uh, well, in the same part, I guess Christian Bale then, right, is has done a, a a good part of that too, where he's left a memorable impression. Yeah, American Psycho, oh Bruce my Wayne. God, sure. is that a watermark? <laughs> no, it's bone. It's bone. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean Margot Robbie. Uh, so Ryan Gosling, right? We all know Ryan Gosling from, of course, Say Cheese and Die, the Goosebumps show. No, I'm joking. Everybody got introduced to Ryan Gosling with a notebook. We all did. We reviewed him a few years ago with a notebook. Um, perfect, Ken, for this movie. Absolutely. Everybody was perfectly casted besides Will Ferrell. Yeah, you know, it was kind of brought up to what his character was really even doing there and why Mattel chose to represent themselves as like this goofy corporate overlord type of thing that's maybe lost its way trying to find its way back. I think that's maybe the best they could have done to be included onto the joke. Really? I have no idea. I mean, I was waiting him to go Magatu. That's what Will Ferrell needed to be. Like, he needed to sip a latte there. and spit it. You know, he that's needed to be Magatu. You're, yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good point. Uh, well, Sarah brought to the point that uh, he brings he played this character before in Lego Movie, but you know what? That's that's probably a better way of putting it. That this character really felt like Mugatu with a suit on. Right, he needed to be Mugatu because we didn't want Ken to be the villain. The villain, every movie has a villain, right? The villain can't be Ken, and I guess the villain is Ken. Well, I thought the villain overall was. The patriarchy, right? There we go. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, this this movie was tough. Um, my wife wanted and had uh, scheduled this to go see it with her girlfriends. I said, I'm going to go see it too. It's going to be weird if we just, hey, I don't know you. And she's like, I'll go with you. And when we got in the car, she said, I wish I saw it with my girlfriends. Because I didn't get it. I didn't know that weird Barbie was a thing. She was like, I had a weird Barbie. And I was like, oh, they actually make that? She goes, no, every girl has a weird Barbie. It's a Barbie you play to her. Right. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so yes, man, I was I was excited. I was really excited um, to, to go into this one. So I'm going to talk about missed opportunities. Uh, stereotype, maybe. But this movie should have, and why it didn't, this movie should have opened with Margot Robbie doing her routine in her little convertible with Ken, all the dolls singing the, the Barbie girl theme song. That should have been the opening. Sure. Uh, so you, you don't want to do the, the 2001 Space Odyssey opening there? The 2001 Space Odyssey opening was really stupid. And not because I respect 2001 Space Odyssey. I just don't think it, you know what I mean? Like I'm not that guy that's like, 2001 can't be touched. I'm just saying it was just stupid. Like the movie she opened up with her and the convertible, hello Barbie, let's go party. You know, like should have been this big musical. 
yeah. that's what that should have done. It that oh that part did seem kind of like the teaser just got added on to the start of the movie. Well, it's because she was wearing the I can't because she was wearing the iconic very first Barbie outfit, the the black and white striped bikini. Yeah, Not swimsuit. But yeah, I felt you know I, I I agree with you. It might have been, but the intro was was a narrative with Helen Mirren, right? Yeah, explaining, right. catching the audience up of what's going on. This is what the movie's all about. I I had to admit, uh, the first maybe fifteen minutes of this movie, or maybe probably less than that, five ten minutes, you're you're kind of adjusting, seeing like, okay, what's going to happen here? Because Jordan, I ask you in two thousand three, twenty three, excuse me, how do you make a Barbie movie? By opening it with the "Let's go Barbie, let's go party," right? I mean. <laughs> That's that's I, too easy. That's too easy to open up with with Aqua. Which, by the way, I I don't think they played that movie or that song in this movie at all. I don't think they did. If they did, it was ending credits. So I would have done the story completely different. Uh, when they first announced they were going to do this movie, my wife will actually, uh, if she was on the show, she would say it was true. Two years ago, I said, "Oh my God, they're making a Barbie movie," and my wife was excited. And then I said, "Watch, she's going to go in the real world. That's that's standard." So I, so to answer your question, I would not make her go into the real world. It would be strictly in Barbie land. And since, since this is a Mattel movie, I would have different lands that are all Mattel. Since they're going to do like a Barney movie, have Barney land. Since they have, I don't know, other Mattel have that. I don't know. That would be my best answer. That's is coming it, up. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but because of the, the pink fever that is past the globe right now, geez, it's not like I'm on Good Morning America now. It, they Mattel is going to look into doing what was it? Hot Wheels, Polly Pocket, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Was Barney. The other one? Uh, Barney's already got the green light for for that. I'm sure that Mighty Max is probably not going to be too far away. Uh, I know they have a few other. Uh, things as, as well too, but probably not as well known as those that we already mentioned. Probably not. So yeah, um, so we get Barbie, typical Barbie dream house. We're in Barbie land. Might as well just go with the plot with this as we go down, we always do. But it's it's a land of, so it's established that it's a land of make-believe. It's a land of make-believe and she plays stereotypical Barbie, which is not a real Barbie, just your average Barbie doll, I guess you would say. Just call her and, OG Barbie. Just, just say OG kind of, Barbie. Right. So she lives in her dream house with other Barbies and all these other Barbies, different kinds of Barbies. Uh, the women are in control, right? The Barbies are the, the president. Barbie is in control. Barbie's in control. And Ken, one of my favorite lines towards in the movie is they're like, where does Ken live? And they're like, I don't know. And it seems like all the Kens, their existence is just to impress their Barbies. And it doesn't seem like Barbie... Any Barbie gives a crap about any Ken at all. Like they don't like him. Like he's a disease. Every Barbie, including OG Barbie here. Yeah. I don't like that. So I have the benefit because I had, have, excuse me, two younger sisters. And so playing Barbies and dolls was obviously right there, right next to me happening whether I wanted to or not. Sometimes it'd be easier to jump in. Sometimes you would, I guess, troll it. Yeah. Try to really sabotage the tea party that was once, you know, have a 
monster can come in. I'm, hey, I'm Dracula Kent just trying to kill you and turn you into vampires just like me. I'm 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 Dracula Kent. That's this, this is me. This is what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Blah. <laughs> you sound like you sound like Woody Allen, but go ahead. That wasn't completely Jewish, was it? <laughs> Hi, I'm Hey, I'm Ken. Oh wait, okay. I'll work on the Ken voice. It's got to be deeper, right? Hi, I'm Ken. Well, no, because what there's all these uh, different types of Kens. Because Michael Keaton played a different Ken in Toy Story Three, right? Right, well, right. Yeah, that was a Ken, right? That was a Ken. Yeah, he played it with an ascot. But well, Barbie so... loved Ken in that movie. I feel like Barbie there doesn't was... love Ken. Uh, there was a kind of a Toy Story inspiration in this movie as well, too, where all of the people playing a Barbie or a Ken had to kind of, well, act as if they were a toy. Right. Now, watching this movie, we get the beginning, we get the opening right of Barbie and her world and her going through a routine. And my wife, every time she sees a Barbie, she would go, that Barbie's real, that Barbie's real, that Barbie's real. The one that made me double look, my wife, was when she said, yeah, the pregnant one's real. That's real. I looked it up. Like there was a pregnant Barbie. Yeah, I'm like, Mitch, oh, oh my uh, god. I've looked up a lot of this stuff too since this. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, typical story, right? All the Barbies don't care about Kens. Kens want to have a beach hi, I'm off. Dracula, I'm Dracula Ken. I'm back again. Does it sound better now? No, that's not good. You got to be more eccentric with your. You got to be more nasally. Ah, uh, bruh, I'm from the hills, Ken. Dracula. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk about the beach off? <laughs> yeah. Beach off. How how does one beach off? You know, every time they said it fast, we all know what we were thinking, right? Well, I think. That I mean, was, that's that, that was, was ob, that was there, the, yeah. that was that was the joke. What is a beach off? Is a beach off later when they did their big musical number? I don't know. Well, uh, I, I was interested in that. I guess if one is to know how to beach off, then one would need to know how to beach. Yeah, how to beach, especially with everything is fake and he gets completely destroyed by trying to go to a wave. Guys, look, I don't want to break down this movie. Everybody's listening. This is a very uh, stereotypical story. Barbie the next day, she everything's screwed up. She's not walking her tips anymore. She's walking flat-footed, can't figure it out. She, she goes to see... Thoughts of death. Thoughts of death. We get weird Barbie... By my girl, Kate McKinnon. I love Kate McKinnon. I've I've always loved her. Um, she's like my female Will Ferrer. I just love everything that she's in. Uh, she's funny. I enjoy her. So it was funny to see her in this role as Weird Barbie. The thing that I don't understand about this movie that's making me scratch my head is that the reason why that stereotypical Barbie, Margot Robbie, is glitching, if you will, is because the person that's playing with her in the real world is thinking of thoughts or not playing with her. I don't understand that because what's with all the other Barbies and Kent's are other little girls playing with them and everything's cool. Are they all addict toys? I, I don't understand this logic. Yeah. It's, it's quite a throw that we're supposed to believe there, but how about Jordan, just for the sake of uh, having fun of make believe as it were, let's say that um, because we know where the mother is, she works at Mattel. And yeah, maybe that, buddy, so. that Mattel magic is rubbing off on her. Maybe that's what it is. Right. Uh, I'm very pissed off that uh, America, whatever her name is, but she is an ugly Betty. That's what I know her from. 
Uh, I'm really pissed she's in this movie. And I'll tell you why. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Not pissed because because she's a bad actress. I actually really enjoy her. Uh, But that role that she ends up playing with the mother-daughter role is so, like, pushed far to the background towards the middle and end of the movie that you could have just casted somebody else that was not even remotely to a status of that. You know what I mean? Like, I think America is a great actress and she – Ferrera, she needs to be in the foreground more. She was in the background a lot. Yeah, but it's Barbie's movie. Yeah, but okay, okay, but why cast her? I mean, like, I mean, this this actress has won tons of Emmys. Like, put somebody that we don't really necessarily care about, or some washed up actress that hasn't done anything in a while. Maybe Charlize Theron could have played this role. <laughs> I, I see what you mean, but at the same part, there's a lot of names attached to this movie, man. So I don't. The bank can only go so far, I guess. Mattel could really maybe. They got a bargain with a with a casting agent there, but you already have Margot Robbie. Uh, Issa Rae is a huge name already in her own too. She probably wasn't cheap. Uh, Who's that? She played the president. Oh, okay. Okay. You also had a you also had a custom soundtrack with all these people in here too. So you're making custom songs from Lizzo, Dua Lipa. It, it is a big track list. So you you have a lot of money on that. John Cena, Michael. Well, they're in everything nowadays. Uh, am I gonna say it right? Simu Liu, got Ooh. it. Shang Chi. Oh, was he? Was he the Asian Ken? He played Ken. Asian Ken. Ken. <laughs> They're all Ken. <laughs> oh God, I want that Ken hoodie. On the oh. on the billing, it does not say uh, Asian Ken. It just says Ken. Ken. So Barbie goes to Weird Barbie, and Weird Barbie's like, hey, things are screwed up. You have to go to the real world, and her – well, Ken stows away, and they have to go to these – they have to camp. They have to ride a snowmobile. They have to go over – they have to be in a boat. You know, all these stupid nonsense stuff. And it's, then – It's they, a nod to the commercials, by the way. Oh, is that? Is that why? Uh, that Yeah, the, the traveling from the real world to the um, – kind of the, the – Make believe that the way they would do that is a uh, a lot of times. I, I think I had said somewhere that it was a lot of times to play a nod to how they would advertise the vehicle Barbies, and just also probably get a, a way to put all the vehicles in there as well too, because Barbie's got a lot of stuff. Barbie's got a lot of dream houses. She's got a lot of cars. She's got a lot of jobs. She's got a lot of uh, uh, things. Got a lot of people. Got a lot of pets. Well, of course, we see this story a thousand times. Her and Ken go to the real world, and they're the odd ducks. And, of course, all the men are pigs and slap her ass. At... Really? I mean, like... They were looking pretty good, by the way, too. I was thinking... They don't look strange for L.A. Yeah, I thought the same thing, Jordan. <laughs> they're walking around wearing this... These crazy costumes, like, that's normal in L.A., right? That seems L.A. normal. Right. And then Ken starts to see all the men are respected and honored and bros, right? And he he understands that there's a patriarchy. The biggest thing that I really, really laughed out loud at is when he goes to these jobs and they're like, no, you're not going to get the job because you don't have MBAs, you don't have masters, you don't have this. And he's like, but I'm a man. Yeah, please. (laughs) 
<laughs> he goes to the he goes to the to the to the doctors or female. He's just like, uh, just give me a white coat. And she's like, no. And he's like, but I'm a man. Like I'm just like, God, that's gonna set manhood back twenty years at least. Like Jesus. Well, probably the CEO who before him, before the doctor was was saying just like, oh no no, it still exists, but we're really good at hiding it now. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's funny, but still, it's like. Well, it's you know it's that dark humor, uh, right? Which I really enjoyed. Of course, you know it's it's good really that, it, that it gets it gets brought up like this. So, right, because not all men are like this, but it's just funny to me. So then he decides he's going to go back to Barbie Land and somehow convince all the Kens that this is the way it's going to be. And he has this plan, and we don't know how this plan happens. Because eventually, when Barbie goes back to Barbie Land, that's exactly is what happens, right? All the Kens are bros and frat boys and dudes and why did I say frat boys? I was one. And and, and horses. And horses and and all the girls are like, "Can you talk to me about Godfather? Because I don't know anything about it." <laughs> that was I got a like, I actually said that to Gina. I was like, "How many times has that happened to you?" She goes, "Oh, sweetie." Yeah, she, she oh. just oh, sweetie. Yeah, the way the sweetie. President Barbie comes over and says, "Oh, can you restart it and talk through the whole thing?" Yes, exactly. Oh, that's I said, "Perfect." Yeah, I was like, "Gina, is that me?" She goes, "Oh, sweetie, is that you? Have you done that with Sarah?" Not with Godfather, but I'm sure I, I have done yeah. that with a movie. I don't know if I've done it with uh, Sarah. I'm sure I have, but is that is that technically mansplaining? Is that not mansplaining? No, I think that's just us getting overexcited about something. What is mansplaining? Uh, mansplaining is telling a, a woman who already knows uh, well what to do, you know, telling her what she already knows. Oh, okay. See, see, I, now see, I thought telling her about a movie like A Godfather was mansplaining, but that's not what that is. Okay. No, that, you know, it, it'd be like in this movie, you know, a female doctor uh, for Ken to go in there and for him to tell her how to do her job, that would be mansplaining. Because she, gotcha. she's like, "No, I know what I'm doing. I'm a doctor. I don't need you to come in here and tell me what what to do because you're a man and you think you're correct." So at this part in the movie, please. I I, w- I was except please, my man. Um, I actually believe it or not, at this part in the movie, I'm I'm not a really loving Gosling at this point of the movie. Right, where he's in the real world and he's finding I just I just find him to be not that great. Um, he was just bland to me. Uh, the moment that I turned and thoroughly enjoyed it, where he was full on bro with that amazing, amazing Tyler Durden mink coat. Oh, um, yeah. I want that mink coat. Yeah. What did he call the house? The the dojo mojo. Casa, God, it was amazing. Like every dude would call his yeah, house. Hold, hold on, I, I, I'll get it. I'll get it. Because while you're getting it, everybody who is listening, if you have seen it or if you haven't seen it yet, the moment that Barbie goes back to Barbie Land and Ken's are taking over, when you see Ryan Gosling wearing this mink coat, every stereotype about a dude is it's perfect. Everything about a dude is. Per- I loved that part. It was just like, yeah, that's that's such a stereotype. We do that, horses and music and 
bro and dude and saying all these words like it's just it's stereotypical but it's true with every stereotype there's some sort of truth to it yeah and i'm glad that um it didn't necessarily make it so that I, it's it left the bad taste in my mouth from the movie at least not for, not for me i can understand that there's a lot of the, the conservative audience that really seems to be butthurt about about this but i thought this is more of a defense to Barbie and not a, an attack on today's patriarchy? I don't think it was an attack on today's... I think it was making fun of both genders, to be honest with you. Well, well, yeah, because Barbie had this delusion that everything was fixed, that the feminism and equal rights, you know, like, uh, existed, and, you know, everything right. is, is happy, everything is awesome and stuff like that. And she realizes through uh, the daughter, when she goes to the real world, that... It's it's quite the opposite, right? It's right, it, right. She is the the fault for this horrible image of body shaming, and I I think that there's, there's a good moment there where she realizes that oh my way of thinking is outdated, and the pa- patriarchy is one of those outdated things that is uh, that she's thinking of. Um, yeah, Mojo Dojo Casa House. That's amazing. Mojo Dojo Casa House. That's an oxymoron. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, that's my garage now. Bojo Dojo Casa House. That's amazing. Um, I would imagine that Mattel is going to go gangbusters with merch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's buying. I mean, you, you yourself even sent me a link to buy the uh, I'm Ken Enough rainbow hoodie. <laughs> Ken Enough. Like, yeah. I'm Ken Enough. Like. I'm gonna buy that. You, you, you know I am. <laughs> you, you're gonna rock it too, buddy. Of course I am. If I can rock Hey Dudes, I can rock anything. I think it was great that this movie had a a meta look and not necessarily broke the fourth wall, but was very um, playful towards itself. In like this part when Ken. And took over the Barbie land and whatever was real in Barbie land, I guess sells in, in Mattel world in the real world. And so there was a part where they cut the warehouse and the, that foreman just like these houses, these Mojo Dojo, Mojo Dojo Casa houses are selling off the, the shelves. We got to get more of them. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes too, is when Margot Robbie's doing the ugly cry thing and like she pauses and the voiceover is like the producers of the movie knows that this should not be coming from Margot Robbie. Oh, right. Yeah. That was, that was hilarious. Um, skipping a little bit, uh, but Will Ferrell, uh, so go back to Will Ferrell. I'm sorry. Um, she's in Mattel, Barbie's in Mattel and they want to put her in the box. I think I'm asking too much of this movie to give me the logic because the logic doesn't make any sense. I I asked this question earlier. I'm going to ask it again, Eric, just for this plot point that they're trying to do. But stereotypical Barbie is malfunctioning because something is wrong with the person that's playing with her. But we find out the person that's playing with her is somebody our age, somebody in her late 30s, early 40s who has a teenage daughter and she's sad. So now Barbie's messed up. Doesn't make sense. I don't understand it, but I'm going to move past it. She goes to Mattel and Magatu, who should be Magatu, but Will Ferrell's like, just get in the box, you Jezebel. Right? <gasps> and for some reason, she's supposed to go into a box, and then when they seal it, 
she's going to go back on the shelves to be sold. I don't know. That's weird because it's a giant box. It's not a small one. I, it seems that, that as the movie progresses that Will Ferrell's character and maybe some of the CEOs themselves are aware of Barbie Land and some of the staff too at Mattel that this happened before with Skipper in Florida. Yeah, and, so okay, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe that they had this protocol in place to put Barbie or whomever in the box, so that they would just eventually ship them back to Barbie Land. Because remember, Barbie was was down to, <laughs> to guess, uh, not do all this. I, she's not Adventure Barbie. No, I, she's not Adventure Barbie. I did, I did like when, uh, Kate when uh, Weird Barbie tried to give her the Morpheus treatment, and. She said, "No, no, that I'll was take so a high heel. I'm, re- I'm ready to forget." It, it just that was good. That was real good. That was that was a very good parody on a movie that was not a parody. She was like, "No, you're going to pick the sandal. I was trying to give you a choice as an illusion, but you're going to pick the sandal." That probably would have would have happened in Matrix. That was well, funny. I think it's fun where she kind of denies it, uh, uh, that red pill, but she's kind of forced fed it. But uh, at the same part, uh, Ken if you could say, is the one who's getting red-pilled the entire movie. Nice! Whoa. Yep. Good night. <laughs> oh, I gotta censor myself. Oh, that was good! I'm gonna get a letter in the mail for that one. Oh, God, that was so good, Eric. Good job. And it's oh. gonna say, Eric, please stop. Uh, what I don't want to stop is hearing Ryan Gosling playing Push by Matchbox 20. That, that I couldn't stop myself from laughing on that one. God, that was so good. And I'm going to see Matchbox 20 next month. So it's like, that's hilarious. It's, no matter how good of a singer Ryan Gosling will be, I feel like if he were still to try to serenade you with a guitar, it's it's just going to be funny. He's just a goofy person, and there's not really any way that you can pull it off. It's still fine. Like, you it's know, funny. Yeah, he's yeah. all those Kens got hot bods, so that you, you know you're already halfway there, buddy. You don't need to really do much else. Yeah, um, I want to know if that was him too. And I said that to Gina, and she was like, "It doesn't matter." I probably does not matter. I would I would imagine that those guys probably dehydrated themselves and uh, put some bronze on, you know, and got that lighting real good. There's a lot of neon colors everywhere. And, uh, they are dark, so there's uh, some good shadows. That lighting is is hitting those ridges where it needs to. Yeah, they, they definitely accentuated it. So Compliments to all the Kens, back. by the way. All the Kens are taking over. The Kens are going to change the Barbie Land Constitution. So Barbie... And it's okay if a real human goes back to Barbie Land. That's fine. So the mother, the daughter, we did talk about the daughter. I hate, if there's one person I hate, it's the daughter in this movie. She Why? is, oh, come, she's just so been there, done that. She's so teen angst. Uh, I'm going to describe what Gen Z feels about modern society. I'm dark. I like the used because it's ironic. You know, <laughs> like, you know, like my anthem is, you know, welcome to the Black Parade. Like, it's just, come on. I've, I've, I've seen this before. Uh, Winona Ryder, Beetlejuice, if you will. You know, it's just yawn. Yeah, and especially because it's not like her home life is suffering. The parents are still together. 
So you can't say where's the father because he's learning Spanish on the couch. Which is her real life husband, by the way. That's great. That's the that's the real life husband. Yeah, that that's that's America's real life husband. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, and they live a good life. It looks good on the surface. Yeah. So exactly. What's is it just problem? one of those where it's just a kid growing up and just realizing what the world is like? Yeah, it, it's stereotypical, but it's it's the same part. Like, there's not really too many options you can do with a teenage girl, right? Like, she's the the whole point of her was her that she's growing away from her mother. She's and going she away thought, from Barbie. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Well, she made a mention that uh, maybe she associates her mom with Barbie because she her she called out her mom for like pretending to be you know this good like well working at Mattel you know this kind right. of looking person. Well, her mom is drawing this dark stuff uh, and sketching dark Barbies and existential dread uh, Barbie, and she made a comment just like, "Well, mom, that's the cool stuff." Like, geez, if I had known you were gonna do that, then I would be bonding with you. So I don't think it's so much about her going to black while her mom is pink. I think it's so much as it saying that her daughter is distancing herself because she's grown up trying to find her herself, and and herself doesn't involve playing Barbies anymore. Sure, but I'm just saying, been there, done that for me. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I do get what you're saying, and I do agree with you. I'm just, I'm just I've been there, done that. You know, like I wanted something fun. Uh, one thing I found odd is when Barbie escapes Mattel, she runs into this room of this old woman. Uh, I've seen this woman before. Where have I seen this That's woman? Rhea Perlman. Right, I've seen her a hundred times. Yes, you have. She's been on many different things. She's Dan DeVito's right. ex-wife. She's She was in Matilda the movie. Do you remember there the non-musical? Yeah, I do. Cheers. Um, she, so we find out at the end of the movie, cheers, thank you. We find out in the movie that this woman is the ghost of the woman that created Barbie. And there's a throwaway line that nobody would pay attention to, but like Will Ferrell's running and he's screaming like a typical Will Ferrell part. And he's just like, oh, that's the person that created Barbie. She's a ghost on the 17th floor. Like, I just found that hilarious, that little line. Um, it's just because it's Will Ferrell delivering it. Uh, get off the shed moment. Um, uh, fun fact to uh, Rhea Perlman voiced uh, Harley Quinn. On a few shows. I read, I don't know if it's true or not, but the old woman on the uh, bus bench is the daughter of the woman that created Barbie. Oh, nice. There's there's a lot of Easter eggs in here. That's, a lot of Easter eggs. Uh, that obviously if you were a Barbie fan, if you were a Waylon Smithers, you would pick up on all of them. And some of the times you, you wouldn't. I, I was able to get some of them. I got a lot of the references, uh, not all, all of them, but I remember like my sisters having the camper. There was a camp one and a doctor one. Uh, they never had any sort of dream houses or anything else like that. But Polly Pocket was a big thing in my in, in the family for a bit too. Riley has a camper, very good with the uh, uh, Will and Smithers, but it was Malibu Stacy. You know what I I meant. Shut up! <laughs> you can't. You want to get sued? You want to get sued? Hey, they made a reference <laughs> to Shining in the movie, too. They did. Are you guys Shining right now? I don't know. Yes, maybe. Um, so the Barbies have a plan. The plan is is that um, Ugly Betty is going to do this female empowering speech to deprogram the other Barbies. How they got deprogrammed, 
to be subservient to Ken's. I don't know. The movie didn't show us. Who cares? I don't know that they were that easily manipulated, but here we are. All the Barbies eventually get deprogrammed, and the Kens decide that they're going to have a war, Ken against Ken, which eventually, I feel, turns into the beach off. Yes. That's that's why, because the Kens all become one, and I'm just a Ken. I'm just Ken. That was a pretty good beach off. How about you, but I beat you off every day. I uh, the Barbies plan to take over Barbie Land from the Kens was a pretty uh, a fun one, if I to say the least. Where it had them fighting yeah. against each other, right? And right. the part when it panned out and all of them were on the beach singing more Matchbox Twenty. Yes, and they have one guy drumming. Oh yeah, that's the one drummer. And this is where and the funny thing is that this is so true. Like growing up, you know, being high school, college age, you know, you're. You know, you're that one guy that plays the guitar, right? And all of a sudden, the girl pretends that she cares, and then she goes off to another guy. You're like, oh. Not saying that happened to me. I'm just saying in general. Like, I mean, that seems like that's something, right? Like a guy will show his muscles or well, something to impress. When they said just like, take it away from him, and she looks at her phone. It's, that's the thing, right? Is that's the Kens? Yeah. They have the attention, and then take it away from them, and then they just start freaking out and. What's it say about guys? Does it say that we're like that 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 we're just attention whores? Is that what they're saying? Uh, sure, if you want to interpret it that way. This is a, not a new interpretation. I mean, it has been suggested for the longest parts of of life that men are just kind of like the dumb apes, while the the women are the ones that progressively and intellectually push society forward. There's been a lot of papers that have been. Uh, around uh, the anthropology, I'm sure that uh, support that theory. Just letting you know, uh, Rick and Morty did an episode like that, right? Go on the oil rigs, lady. I would love to see you on the oil rigs. Uh, so next subject. <laughs> That's <laughs> push it forward. I want to see you build skyscrapers. Well, they probably would find alternate means other than digging up oil from the ground. Correct. They would they would find stupid gorilla men to do it for them. Um, you see, that's exactly right. <laughs> who's who's stupid, right? The women who aren't going on the oil rig, or the men that they get to do it go down there for them. Right, but they need us just like we need. Actually, them. it's it, do you know that the this is a kind of a non sequitur, but in the same part that uh, I I thought I heard like maybe on Howard Stern probably appropriately right that the the highest paid strippers are not in Vegas that they're in like North Dakota and like Montana and buy the oil rigs because it's just guys who are on the oil rigs getting paid crazy amounts of money in the middle of nowhere and on their off days they just go to the the one or two bars there in the strip club and apparently it's just a, a huge uh Way to make money there. There you go. Sounds like the palace. So wherever you want to get another job there, Jordan, you can go up there and shake it. Do you like my joke? Yeah, I I did, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Always laugh when we say it. Um, yeah, so uh, Ken gets a huge monologue. Again, I want that mink coat. Uh, that's just amazing. Uh, this again. This is what I said at the beginning uh, earlier in the show. This is the moment where I where I turned positively onto Ryan Gosling, and I really 
really uh, – I didn't want to say felt because I didn't feel anything, right, besides happiness or just like I feel bad being a guy. Uh, but he was just really good. He was fun. Um, and I don't understand – I still don't understand – uh, this Ken and Barbie conflict. I still don't understand why Barbie has nothing to do with Ken. Just none. Of they don't care. Well, I, I don't was, get it. Uh, yeah, again, uh, to how I was interpreting it, and maybe you will feel the same, is that Barbie is delusional. She's in this world, this Barbie land, where it's just her. Every night is girls' night. She doesn't have to worry about men really being a bother to her at all grabbing right. pinching groping doing anything inappropriately cat calling uh being overall i guess kind of men i guess she doesn't have to worry about that she lives in this this happy awesome everyday world but eventually she finds out that it's not all about her that there are other people in this world and other people like to do other things and they have other feelings and hey, uh, Ken wants a dream house too. Um, Weird Barbie is ha, or has feelings too. Doesn't like being called Weird Barbie all the time, and maybe sent to the hills to live with the other weird people like Magic Gary and Ken and whatever the other guy was. Which I guess are real. I, I, I guess all the weird ones are real. Uh, that was crazy to me. Um, also, what was it that? Uh... Oh, yeah, one of the one of the funny ones at the end was when one of the Kens were like, can we be part of the uh, Congress or the cabinet? They're like, no. And they're like, can we be a judge? You're like, well, yeah, we'd be a judge on some low s- on the circuit little one, court. Yeah. yeah, like that was funny. He's like, hey, got to start somewhere, big guy. Uh, liked that part. Uh, the movie got really serious there for a moment because Barbie doesn't want to be Barbie anymore. She wants to be real. She wants to be a woman. She wants to be... In the real world, and uh, she has this uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows, and a white background nonsense stuff about her. I don't know. I actually checked out at that point. I was like, okay, <laughs> this movie's trying to get way too serious. I'm in a theater. I'm the only one that's not wearing pink. I snuck in some theater beers. Should I have done that? I don't know. You know, like, it's it, at this point, I'm just like, why are we going super, super serious? Um, but then, of course, the end, you know, uh, she's now flat footed. She's in the back of the car with the mom and the daughter. She's looking great, ready to go for her job interview. She's excited. She walks in and the woman at the desk said, what can I help you for? She's like, I'm here to see my gynecologist. That got a laugh. Hey, Barbie's got parts now. Yeah, Barbie's got parts. That was a good one, too. That was a good joke with Ken. He's, I got all the parts. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that was, one. That was, that was good. Oh, what did Kate McKinnon say? I, I can't wait to see what kind of fleshy mound he's got under there. Yeah. Kate you know what's funny, too, is my wife brought it up, is that uh, I, I, I showed her the famous skit on SNL where wow. Kate McKinnon's that, like, trailer park woman and Ryan Gosling was there when she got abducted by aliens. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right. And, uh, and like, she said she just wanted to work with him again to mess with him again. Yeah. That's exactly what she did, just messes with him. So it was funny. It was funny. So, Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Barbie? Uh, I I enjoyed this movie. I I had fun with it. I I, I really did. Uh, I'm not the target demographic for it by any by any means, and I get what they did 
with how it goes. I can tell you right now, I, I did appreciate very much that there was um not just a story, but kind of like a, a pretty good message within that story that they didn't just cash it in and go completely market and completely just commercial with it, which let's be honest, there was a lot of it already in there to begin with. And I'm sure their merchandise is completely s selling out right now. Everything is, is going Mattel's way, but overall it really did feel like the message of the movie was to try to update both Barbie and Mattel's image a bit more by saying like, Hey, this is an out of date image. This is, an idea that is supposed to evolve. It's not supposed to be stuck onto one thing. And I think they did a very good job of, of putting into that message. There are some uh, downfalls to the movie. Uh, Will Ferrell's character really, I, the more I think about them, really it didn't need to kind of be there. Uh, whether it be him and the whole group, was that Justin, uh, or, or what's his, was that Throw Trudeau? What's his name? The guy from Your Highness. Oh, goodness. Don't know, but yes, you're right. Will Ferrell didn't need to be in the movie. Yeah, Hire but... some unknown B-name actor. Uh, I think I've seen him somewhere else, but maybe he just looks like it. But yeah, either way, um, a, a ensemble cast of other forgettables in a, in a suit, it just didn't really seem like they had much purpose there other than to maybe, I don't know, be on the, 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 the contract of Mattel to, for the representation to make sure they don't look too bad. Uh, but I feel like it could have cut out a bit more of, of that movie. For what they were doing, it was it really was great. It was funny to to now in this day and age, as actual as we are watching movies, to be like, all right, well, that's a superhero, that's a superhero, that's a superhero, that's MCU, that's MCU, that's DC. So that's another kind of a funny thing. I don't know. I want I want to say medium. Like I would watch this movie ag again. Um, I. It just it kind of just wasn't you know like for for me I'm not saying oh my god like it's the best thing of the year but I had a lot of fun with it it really it really surprised me. All right, medium for you. Uh, I'm a little different than you. I I, I will give it a medium, uh, but my medium is a little bit different because of what I've said in the episode so far. I don't like some of the choices that they made, some of the uh, actor choices that they put into it. Will Ferrell should not have been in this movie at all if he wasn't going to go big. You don't put Will Ferrell in this kind of a movie and not him not have him be Mugatu. Like, I mean, this, this movie's crazy. This movie's anchor, man. You got to have him go big. Um, positive notes. I, I do like Gosling in this. I do like uh, Margot Robbie. Perfect for the roles. John Cena was a fun surprise just because I'm a wrestling fan. So it was cool. What do you cool. think of Michael Sarah? Uh, my one swear word for the episode. I don't give a shit. <laughs> You know, like, I, it's, it's, you know, last time I saw him, he was snorting cocaine and slapping Rihanna's butt. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't care. You know, he had one big hit and super bad, and I, I don't care. Um, if, doing some how Scott about Pilgrim this? type of stuff in this movie. Yeah, screw Scott Pilgrim. I don't like that movie. Um, I don't like the movie. Um, how about this? Michael Sear, whatever's uh, a uh, familiar face, but I feel like the star of this at the end would have done better. Um, it, it's, it's fine. Um, 
you are correct. This is not aimed towards me, so I don't get a lot of the references. But um, a medium, solid medium. Nothing wrong with it at all. My wife gives it a large. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm flipping back and forth on that too because I it really did it impress me because I I really was thinking just like how do you make a Barbie movie in in this day and age and for them to do the make believe thing I think it was just a, a fun bit but you're right I think they they kind of pressed or stretched too much on the rules like well wait why is why is this one girl special like is it is it because she works at Mattel why did Mattel know Skipper came back uh is there you know you know there's a lot of yeah, there's a yeah, lot of stuff. When you do when you do that sort of thing, it's I don't know. It's hard to do. Cross-eyed. Yeah, Looney Tunes back in action was hard to do yeah. that. Oh, I think what Roger Rabbit could do that in Cool World, and that's about it. You just bring up Cool World. Uh, yeah, I did bring up. Uh, wow, cool wow, World you brought World. You you bought that one. Um, yeah, and I mean, I honestly would have done it. That was a good awakening, wasn't it? Huh? Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how else they could have done it. I mean, we we got the movie that we got. I was happy with it. I was excited when I heard the casting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, there, there's nothing I can really, like, say, this movie's crap and don't see this. It's fine. It's fine. It's completely fine. I, and I think it's a good movie. It's not a family movie. Uh, my daughter's not seeing it, according to my wife. So, you know. You didn't take Riley to go see it? Gina, Gina said at the end of it, she goes, yeah, Riley's not going to see patriarchy and Barbie being smacked in the butt and, and all that stuff. No, she ain't seeing that. I'm sorry. Whatever. But then what? I showed Riley. I, I, dude, since we're on air still, I showed Riley the opening of Jaws, by the way, the other night. Okay. This is a great little send-off. So Riley has somehow from friends or from the school – has heard of Jaws, right? Yeah. So she says, I want to see Jaws. I was like, no, nah, you ain't seen Jaws. Why? Because because you ain't. Because you're seven. You ain't seen Jaws. She's like, I mean, blah, 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 blah. So she keeps on bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. And then I was the, two nights ago, I was like, all right, bud, I'm going to show you the opening. Let's see if you can survive the opening. That opening is terrifying in Jaws. When the woman goes swimming, right? Well, the it's music, terrifying. of course. The music everything right it's terrifying yeah anyone who's swam the deep end knows what that's like right absolutely terrifying two things only two number one i didn't know there was boobs in jaws because my wife was like ah a few times you know when she was getting undressed and uh number two my daughter at the end of it when she gets eight says that was it yep and my point it kind of goes with Barbie in a way, maybe. Let's see if I can put these two together. Is that's the generation. You and I and the generation before us, X and Boomers, saw the opening of Jaws, and it was terrifying to us. Like this woman's swimming, and then something's dragging her. She's screaming. It hurts. God help me. God help me. And then dunk. Terrifying. But you send this to a, a Generation Alpha, as my seven-year-old, and goes, that's it? You know... There was the same part with Exorcist because my I remember my, when my dad had first shown me it, he had said, and I'll bring this back to Barbie, that, uh, oh, this movie was, it was the scariest thing that he's ever seen when in the theater, and yeah, the, you should have seen it. Okay, so rent it, go home, watch it, and, you know, we were tweens, maybe, 
and we're watching it and uh yeah just like the same rather reaction it gets over we turn back and say all right well was that it is there anything more and he's like what that didn't scare you just like no not really it was just kind of like another movie and then you know you could put on turn an updated movie of something else and be like oh, this is this is a scary movie sit down and right. watch this uh -huh. one it makes me it's, nervous it's just kind of of the times there too so that's why i'm curious about like why a movie like barbie or a movie like heavyweights is is too age or inappropriate uh or too inappropriate for someone like riley to, to watch when it really it seems like if anything targeted specifically for her i don't know i didn't get into it uh when gina said she's not watching it i just okay yeah uh because I, I I wonder, as a seven year old, what would stick and what wouldn't? What's uh, none of the none of the patriarchy stuff, none of the none of the chauvinistic stuff. What would stick was a real life Barbie doll, you know, being Barbie. But That's probably what would stick. And there you go. On the and a rewatch of this though, because I'm I would imagine that many a little girl is going to take this on a DVD or streaming service and rewatch the hell out of this movie. That those parts where uh, America is doing her rant, uh, uh, her attack, kind of her venting on the patriarchy. So on maybe the third, fourth, fifth rewatch, a little girl might start to, to hear that and resonate with it a bit more. It might start to remember it and think, okay, that could be something else and get right. the end message. That might be overall kind of uh, the, the benefit of the, that movie as well, too. I have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm thinking if she can watch a woman be ate by a shark, she can watch Barbie. But who am I? I took her to see Thor last year, and that was a mistake. Do you think it's because uh, of stupid, sexy, stupid, sexy Flanders? Oh, I almost stupid, said it. Stupid, sexy Flanders. It's stupid, sexy Maybe. Ryan Gosling Ken. Is that what it is? That's that's why she's not allowed to see it. Is because she. Uh, it's too sexy. He sees all the Kens and just like, well, oh, that's. I'm straight. <laughs> Maybe for her point of view. You know what also is sexy, Eric? Hmm. Go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Nice. Yeah. Go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Click on this episode or the other episodes you can get from. Just type in the search bar or go to our categories. If you want to know how our reviews are structured and our popcorn ratings, click on that tab wherever you can get. We are hitting almost, we're not quite there. We're almost at 500. Almost episodes oh that's cool so like 400 something episodes if you can think of we have done so thank you so much for downloading check us out on iHeartRadio, radio on spotify on stitcher wherever you get your podcasts from we are on thank you so much for downloading and we'll be back next week for another awesome episode have a good night you wearing that uh, i was hoping that to be honest i was hoping to see a little green on those those things are a little bit too white <laughs> I don't use these the most. Yeah. Those are, are those the, the styling kicks there? Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, speaking of which. So every man, every man, and if you say no on air, because it's going to be your, our instinct. So here we go. Every man has a pair of scratching shorts. I don't care if you're going to deny it, Eric, or not. The truth is you are a heterosexual male. You have scratching shorts. Now, for those people who are listening that don't know what scratching shorts are, scratching shorts are shorts that you've had for a long time as a guy. They've had paint on them. 
grass stain on them, deer stains, every stain you can think of was on these shorts. And there's hole, there's a hole <laughs> perfectly hidden in the crotch, right? Right between the boys to where if you're standing straight up, nobody can see the hole. But as soon as you sit down, you're sharing stone and basic instinct. It's just all out there. Scratching shorts, okay? You with well, me? Um, I am. That's very detailed. I'm wearing mine right now. They're just basketball shorts. Scratching uh, shorts. Not as much scratching as you had described there, and not as much holes as you would describe, but definitely have yeah. a tale to tell, I can tell you that. Seen it stay. Oh, well, it's, it's been coast to coast and, and story, all around. Story goes further. So, um... One day, a long time ago, I was missing my scratching shorts. I wore them every night. Uh, that was my that was my pajamas, if you will, a t-shirt and my scratching shorts, and they went missing. And for the longest time, I couldn't find them until Gina, my wife, finally admitted that she stole my scratching shorts and turned them into racks. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So why I tell you the backstory is because scratching shorts has now become scratching shoes, if you will. I have a pair of white Adidas, like Fred Durst. You know I'd be loving this, right? Adidas white shoes. Uh Uh-huh. Get them hyped down there. Yep. They are the one left. Well, the left one is so bad that my toe is starting to stick out from the top. Like they're falling apart. They're the most comfortable shoes I've ever had. I so know in those shoes. Then? No, no, I wear. I don't wear them outside the house. I, wear, I was hoping that you were going to say that your scratching shorts ran away because of how aggressively you had scratched your shorts to the point where holes were coming in through the bottom of them. Those poor shorts. Tell me that's not true. So anyway, Gina stained still. Uh, guess what she said to me last night? Shorts. She said, "Hey, Jordan." I said, "Yeah." I think it's about time we throw away those white Adidas. And I said, no. You threw away my scratching shorts. You're not going to throw away these now. She goes, they're not the same thing, Jordan. These are shoes. doesn't matter. Don't you throw them away. I have hid them <laughs> to where he cannot <laughs> find them. So every Saturday and Sunday, if I'm out doing yard work, I'm wearing my white Adidas that are – Dude, the right one, the sides are blown out. Like, no, like it's I, almost I a sandal. There's a, there's an evolution of the dad shoe. It it just seems to quite literally go down in tears. It's almost like there's a staircase and it just keeps on, you know, it starts up at the top staircase and then maybe at the basement staircase it gets by the back door. It it gradually just gets down and further until eventually they get thrown away or probably one of them lost most likely. And so you had to throw the other one away because the other one was finally destroyed. Feels like an old Seinfeld joke, right? It's just like until the one day when my wife says, "I turn them into men rags." Men don't throw them away. It, 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 they just disappear one day. That's what happens. True. 